We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. At various points in time, I hear this piece of scripture quoted. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of, of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, of evil in the heavenly realms. And we sort of put it out there as a throwaway comment. But I've tried in recent times to start to muse on particular pieces of scripture that I hear on a regular basis. I'm thinking, hold on a second, what is this piece of scripture actually talking about? Yes, we see in the natural. We feel in the natural. Our senses are natural. But there's a whole other sense as well. We heard in the testimony just then, taking a step of faith, saying, do you know what? That's what the doctors are saying. That's what the insurance company is saying. But my God can change that in an instant. For those women that have been pregnant, one of the key things is the fact that when it's time is due for the baby to arrive on be delivered, that the baby is head first. It can be done in other ways, but if it's more complicated, I believe. Wouldn't you say that, Lucy? Yeah, so we always want to be head first. It's how we arrive in the world. So God really brings us into this world, ideally, head first. We have lots of situations that we face. We have lots of troubles, and we have lots of difficulties and stuff. But God is in control of all of those things. Sometimes those struggles come, and we think to ourselves, right, what's going to sort this thing out? Is it my wallet? Is it my partner? Is it my boyfriend? Is it education? But God would have us first go to him, because this is about him. Following him is about submitting to his rule and reign within your life. God wants to set our heads free, and this morning is all about I want people to be able to think differently, have their minds actually maybe activated and switched on where they've already chosen, through no fault of their own, to switch themselves off in order to protect themselves and protect their feelings. God's given us his wonderful word. The Bible's there. That's a superb resource. But how often do we dwell in there? How often do we soak ourselves in his word? Being amongst his people helps as well. Conversations, iron sharpening iron, all those things that we know about. Having leaders in place to offer wisdom and support and get alongside you. So as we press into God, as we allow God to minister to us by his word and by other people, I think that can set us free. There's lots of different scriptures which look at the way that we think and our thought processes and what goes on in our heads. And we have to guard our minds. Scripturally, it tells us to guard our minds. We see scriptures where Satan actually blinded the minds of the people. So we have an enemy that's at work. He is defeated. I will stipulate that. He is defeated. The battle's already won. But we are still walking through this life. And those trials do come. The suffering comes. Illnesses come. All of those things come. I'm going to talk a little bit later on about the truth. What is truth? 
and what is true. We hear a story about a demon-possessed man. He gets released from that. He gets set free. Jesus sets him free. And then it says that he then sat in his right mind. So there must be a state of being in our right mind. So, has God given us a spirit of fear, phobia, nightmares, anxiety, or depression? Is that what he's given us? What has he given us? He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's his promise to us. And yet so often we can get ourselves caught up in all those other things. Where do those thoughts come from? Where do nightmares come from? Where does fear come from? Where does that anxiety that is really debilitating? I've got a number of friends that are struggling through things like this. And it hurts. And I weep for them. And I say, God, will you bring release? Will you bring release? Will you set those captives free? I've got friends that are really close to me. Sometimes, I don't know. John asked us to pray for God's heart of compassion, probably about nine months ago. That process has messed me up. Having the compassion of God, having the compassion of Jesus is a painful thing. I find myself, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in a cafe with some other guys and we were talking about some of this stuff. I just felt tears streaming down my face. Having compassion. Having God's compassion. When I go into London sometimes and I'm on the tube or on the train platform and there's all these people just tuned in to what they do and how they operate and going to work and coming back from work. If you ask for God's compassion, if you ask just for a glimpse, and I tell you what, a glimpse is enough, we'll start to see the world slightly differently. The enemy seeks to attack our minds. The truth shall set you free. You see, look at the armor of God in Ephesians 6. The enemy sends out fiery darts. What is that talking about? He's talking about thoughts that get to enter in. Thoughts that we allow to penetrate. Thoughts that we start to take on board. And those thoughts don't come out of a place of love. They don't come out of compassion. They come to tear down. They come to mess up your head. They come to bring doubt. They come and bring fear. They come and bring all sorts of stuff. The question is whether or not we let them land. Because in his word it says, we have the armour available to us. We have to choose, however, to put it on. Looking at Proverbs. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And this took a little bit of chewing around in my head for the last couple of weeks, which shows the power that goes on in our minds. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. So for a lot of people, they would say, 
the circumstances in which they live, the circumstances in which they've grown up, their environment will actually formulate everything that goes on in their heads. But it's the other way around. We've got to flip it on its head to say we need to start to take control of those thoughts and that processing that goes on in our heads on a day-by-day basis and not let the enemy have any room in that. So we can blame this and we can blame that. I hear people say, well, if you had my upbringing, then you'd understand. If you know how difficult my boss was at work, you'd understand then. You don't know how hard my life has been. That's why I'm in this depressive state right now. People start to try and justify stuff. Yeah? It starts with what goes up in our heads. And an entry point for the enemy to get involved with you, to mess you up. Yeah? That's where he starts. He starts by those things that go on in our heads. And slowly but surely, it wears us down to that point of destruction. So where your mind goes, man follows. Where your mind goes, life follows. Your thoughts create feelings. Feelings affect behavior. Your behavior creates habits. And your habits determine your lifestyle. Step by step by step by step. We need to start arresting those thoughts that come. So, last weekend we dropped Jacob off to university. And he's studying this wonderful subject, which I've never even heard of. He's far too clever for me, called neuroscience. I'm like, neuroscience? What's that about? And it's all about the stuff that we think. It's about the way that the brain works. So in three years' time, you should be able to tell me all that's going on in my brain. Because most of the time, I don't have a clue myself. But for those t- people that like statistics, do you know that you think between 10 and 20,000 thoughts a day, 70% of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts? which means that almost your brain doesn't need to engage in it. You have a response that's ready to go. So sometimes you might find yourself, and think about it in the next couple of days, what happens? Somebody will say something to you, and you will immediately, without really processing the answer, find it's already come out of your mouth. That's because it's a learned behavior. Yeah? Yeah? Our brains have got a fantastic capacity to store all this information up so it doesn't burn as much energy. It doesn't actually need a rational thought. It just delivers what's already been logged. Do you know that our subconscious mind is 30,000 times more powerful than our conscious mind? We can speak approximately 200 words per minute. Some can speak more than that. Some can speak less than that. But our subconscious mind can speak or think of a thousand things per second. I thought, oh, all this is far too complicated, so hopefully Jacob can come back and explain it all to me. But where am I going with this? I'm basically going to the fact that the subconscious realm, that place is where strongholds enter in. Our behaviours 
and the repetitive nature of what we do live in that space. We start off by doing something once, and then twice, and then three times, and four, and five, and six, etc., etc., etc. And suddenly a stronghold takes place, and it nestles itself there. And if you think about it then, you stop thinking about what you're doing to a certain extent, because it's what you do. And your brain remembers how to do it. And therefore you find yourself sometimes in all sorts of trouble. You see, you control your mind. We control our minds, but our mindsets control us. Anybody use an out-of-office? It's amazing, isn't it? When we, when we go on holiday, when you take a break and stuff, people that use email regularly would set themselves up with an out-of-office. And if somebody emails that person, they get an automatic response. It happens in nanoseconds. It happens before the person who's receiving it even receives it. So that's what I'm talking about. It's the auto-responses. And I want to challenge people this morning that rather than just have an auto-response when people will say something to you, you will take a moment to think, do you know what? Let me just think about that just for a second before I hasten my reply. Mindsets take a long time to happen in the first place and take a long time to unlearn. Unlearning learned behaviors takes time. And I'm not saying that God in a moment can't change something, but in general, it takes time. When me and T first became Christians, we smoked a fair amount of cigarettes. God set me free one morning many years ago in this very hall. And I went home and I was like, I'm done. The cravings had gone. It had vanished. It was almost felt as if I'd never, ever smoked. And T's response was, oh, thanks very much. Because she had to go through the long process of quitting. Yeah, so sometimes God does it in an instant. Sometimes we have to walk step by step by step to get ourselves released. How to break an elephant? Not literally break an elephant. But for those of you that, I mean, a younger generation today wouldn't have ever seen an elephant in the circus. But an elephant in the circus typically gets led by a very small piece of rope and a very small person. And you've got this huge, great animal that's there. Have you ever thought to yourself, why doesn't the elephant do a runner? What's going to stop it? That little tiny piece of rope? So if you look into it, how they actually break an elephant, when the elephant is a baby elephant, probably less than a week old, they bind its leg and they put a huge great stake into the ground. And the elephant is new and it's energetic and its thought processes are amazing. And it thinks, I can go here, I can go there, I can go everywhere. And it tries to do it. And what happens? It gets a jerk back on its leg. And it causes its pain. It's thinking, but I want to go here. And so it goes again. And the chain cuts in again. And it stops. This goes on and on until the elephant realizes, if I stay put, it doesn't hurt. What happens then? The elephant grows and gets bigger and gets larger. But its mindset still retains that thing of, 
if I try and move myself, it's going to hurt. So by the time it's a fully grown elephant, you can literally tie it with a piece of string and have nothing. It's staked to nothing and the elephant won't move because it remembers. It remembers the pain that was caused. And one of the things I wanted to challenge us again this morning is, do you still have some childlike mentalities that are in place that come from many years ago where you tried something for God and it didn't succeed. And so you stopped. And you tried it again a second time. And again, it caused you pain. And after the third time, you quit and said, do you know what? I'm not going there. But over the last few years, as you've grown and matured as a Christian, and God says to you, how about doing this? Do you have the mentality of the pain from before? Or are you recognising there is a new place of maturity in him? I believe God wants to break some mental strongholds in this room this morning. What I feed my mind becomes my mindset. Judas. Everyone knows the story of Judas. Judas was one of the disciples. He hung around with Jesus, in charge of the money, heard all Jesus' teachings, and, and yet at some point in time, a tiny thought entered his head to think to himself, do you know what? I could make a few quid here. I'm dobbing in my mate. Nothing major is going to happen to him. And I can make a few pounds. That thought entered him. And it took root. And then he started to work out in his head, oh, how do I do this? How do I scheme this? How can I make this happen? And that plan took root in his mind. He had a choice at that point to either assist that thought or resist that thought. I call it the Holy Spirit nudges. Most of us know what they feel like, don't you? You're about to do something, you just get a little check in your spirit. Ooh, do I really want to pursue this? So we either resist the thought or we can resist it. He allowed it to fester. He assisted it. And in Luke 22, verse 3, then what happened? Satan entered in. If we constantly allow these thoughts of the enemy to take root, to take hold in our lives, Satan has the opportunity to enter in. What happened then? The plan came to full fruition. He betrayed Jesus. And when he saw what had happened, the consequences of that, what did he do? He went back, gave the money back, gave the very thing that he thought was so, so important and ultimately ended up topping himself. He hung himself. All from a little tiny seed that was planted. See, these thoughts, you hear them sometimes over yourself? You're poor. You're useless. You're ugly. You're never going to succeed. People don't like you. You've got no friends. You're always going to be rejected. You're going to die like this. All those negative thoughts constantly come and bombard us. I love my life now. And yeah, I was chatting to some friends recently about sometimes when I'm driving down the motorway at 70 miles an hour, never over 70, a crazy thought comes into my mind. 
which says, do you know what? If you drive into the central reservation, I wonder what would happen. Anybody ever had that? Only a few. And I think to myself, where on earth, where on earth does that thought come from? And I've learned to take it captive. I've learned to take it captive and think, get out of my head. Get out of my head. We need to learn to start to take some of these thoughts captive before they take root. Quote from Martin Luther King, very famous. You cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Take the thoughts captive. Otherwise, we open ourselves up, as it says there, as what happened to Judas. A small little thought of making some money. Enemy had a foothold. Enemy was able to enter in. Kesarah, Sarah. What's the next line? Whatever will be, will be. This is the society we now live in. Our young people don't want to have to think anymore. They want everything to be given to them in an instant. They don't want to have to process information. They don't really want to have to learn stuff. A recent survey, 5% of people think, 15% of people think that they think, and the Lord help the rest of us. We have become mentally lazy. We've become mentally lazy. We want everything in an instant. We want everything now. We want self-classification now. I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to have to learn about that. I just want it. I want the result without doing any of the work. I watched a little bit of the athletics yesterday. I think these people have been out in the hot, in the cold, in the rain, day after day after day for a 10-second race. But unless they do the groundwork, unless they do the training, unless, unless they equip themselves, they're going to look a little bit silly on the start line. When the gun goes and they start off slow, people are finishing the race already. Put the time, put the effort into filling ourselves with the right stuff. God encourages us to think. Who fills your mind currently? Does your job fill your mind? Do your enemies fill your mind? Do your circumstances fill your mind? What has taken up residence between your ears? What thoughts do you ponder on? Are you feeding yourself with the word regularly? Are you listening to podcasts? You know, I'm a, I'm a podcast fan. I listen to podcasts from all over the world. Some of them are absolutely awful. Some of them are really good. But I'm learning to discern what is good and what is rubbish. That can only happen by taking in a variety of stuff. Yeah, that's how I believe maturity comes. Are you reading books? Whenever I see Daniel, he's always, always got like a pile of three or four books on the go, all simultaneously. I can't do that. I've got to be one book at a time. But some people have four or five books all on at the go at the same time. Do you know that the average CEO re reads two books a month, but an employee that works for that CEO, on average, reads one book a year? And do you know what? 60% of those don't get past the first chapter. Knowledge. Knowledge. Is it time to change your diet? See, when we feed our minds, it liberates our life. That wonderful scripture that says, God feeds the birds of the air. Have you ever seen God's hand come out from the sky, take up a bird and said, there you go, little Tweety bird? No. He makes provision for them. There are slugs and worms and all sorts of stuff in the ground. But the birds still have to go and look. The provision is there. The birds have to go and look. 
And like it, that's what it's like for us. The provision is all there. He's made the provision there. But you have to go and look. You have to go and give some time. See, the scripture doesn't say that the truth shall set you free. It says you shall know. You shall know the truth. How do you think you get to know the truth? By pouring stuff into yourself. Answers about marriage and relationship and business and life and health, they're all in there. They're all in his word. And yet so many people work really hard to try and work it out for themselves. We've got this Bible course starting next week or week after. How many people in the room have subscribed themselves? We should all be there. Not out of legalism, but out of a necessity. How can we operate without having his word inside of us? True versus the truth. That's what I spoke a little bit about earlier. So, the situation could be, I'm poor. That's true. It's true for me right now. Well, not literally, but do you know what I'm saying? The truth, the circumstance could be, I have, I'm poor. But the truth says that God is our provider. The truth of today means I might be unwell. I might have a sickness. I might, I might need an operation or whatever. The truth by his stripes we're healed. True for you today, you might think, I am lonely. I have got no one. No one cares about me at all. And yet again, the truth says, he will never leave us. The truth comes from the word of God. The true stuff comes from our circumstances. However, we need to start to know what the truth is. When you think about what happened to Jesus in the wilderness, he went out there to be tempted. In each and every instance of his temptation, he didn't respond with just a good idea. He responded with what? Scripture. He responded with scripture. The enemy has got no answer to scripture. Because it's truth. 2 Peter 1.3 As his design, uh, divine power has given... The thing I want to emphasize is has given is past tense, which means it's already available for us. Has given. Not is going to give. It's already been given. We just need to go and search a little bit. We need to be encouraging one another. Most of my circle of close friends would know that I'll be whacking out a podcast with them probably once every or two a week sometimes. Why? Because I get excited about stuff like that. I'm thinking, this would be great for you. Have a listen to this. And there's probably one or two testimonies in the room which are yet to happen, but may happen from a result of those. As we share, as we get a piece of scripture and you think, do you know what? I can see this in a whole different light. Let me go share it. Let me share it at my group. Let me share it on the WhatsApp to the rest of the group. What do other people think? As we start to sharpen one another, as iron sharpens iron, I think life becomes a little bit more interesting. It takes a bit of effort. But I'm always amazed at the, the diligence that even my own children have with the next game that comes out onto the Xbox console or the PS4. They will sit there for hours. Hours! I'm like, what are you doing? Ah, oh, I'm at level 42. There was a game that came out last week, Mario Kart on the phones. They just disappeared. I'm like, where, where, where are the kids? They're all there. 
plugged into this wonderful thing called phones, doing level after level after level. Their bragging rights are about who's completed all the levels with maximum amount of stars. I'm thinking I'm not shunning fun. But if they spent just 1% of the time they spend on perfecting the art of driving a cartoon character around a racetrack on a phone and gave themselves to the word a little bit, how much more equipping is that for them in the world? When a challenge comes or a provoking, provoking question for one of their friends, they're not going to answer, well, if you jump, go through the secret trapdoor on this level, you're going to get through to there. How's that going to help anybody? Whereas if we fill ourselves with the truth and his truth, we can become a counteractive thing to society. I'm always challenged and provoked. I'm part of the core team here. And John's forever sort of saying to us, there's a scripture for that. It's always three clicks of his finger as well at the same time. But I have become more and more challenged that I don't know the answers to that, which has caused me to think I need to get into my word. I need to start to build that foundation in my life, which is going to be of use. I can sit in front of the TV. Even the TV nowadays has no gaps. Yeah, I remember the time you used to watch a series and you have to wait a whole week for the next episode. There was some anticipation there. You could get on with doing other stuff. But even with that, nowadays, it's back-to-back -back episodes. You see some people, when, a, when something's been released, coming in the work the next day, they're like that. Oh, I'm so tired. I did 13 episodes back-to-back. -back. Really? Really? What are we feeding ourselves on? I'll finish with a story. There's a manufacturing company. And the main machine had broken down, was non-operational. So they called an engineer to come and have a look at the machine. And the engineer walked up and down. He walked around the machine. He stopped and he listened. And he took out a hammer and he tapped twice on the pipe. The machine roared into life. And on his way out of the building, he slipped manufacturing owners, the business owner, a bill for £1,000. The business owner looked horrified. He said, you have been here for five minutes. How on earth are you justifying a £1,000 bill? The engineer replied, tapping on the pipe costs you a pound. The £999 was for knowing which pipe to tap. It's all about knowledge. It's all about choices that we make. It's all about what we open ourselves up for. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I talked almost two years ago about labeling yourself. Are you still living with labels? Which of those labels have you let take root in your life? Because I believe this morning, as I said right at the beginning, God wants to set us free. No one is exempt. In this room, I see us as family. We are the family of God. It's a safe place. But I've got a wonderful friend called the Holy Spirit. But as I've been talking this morning, has been talking to individuals in this room. The stuff that's not from me, forget it. But the stuff from him, I just want to give us all a moment just to think and reflect on whether we need to reboot our system. I do not want my life to be based upon letting the enemy in.
and manipulating me and not changing my mindsets. I believe there's a better place for each of us. Stand where you are. Just to say, God, you know what? I've heard you this morning. I do not want to be locked in to these mindsets anymore. I do not want to let the enemy have any further ground in my life. I want to reboot my mindset and get it focused on you. Holy Spirit, we declare this morning that fear is an absolute liar. He has no place in our lives. You go away, nobody else can go. Father, we choose to hear your truth this morning. We choose to remove labels. We choose to uproot every scheme of the enemy. We choose to say no more. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.